Hello, everybody, and hello, everyone. Welcome to Currency Podcast number 98 and Twitch stream. Welcome on the Twitch stream. Um, I did start over the Twitch stream one time because it was a little crackly. And so this is attempt number two. But today I'm going to be playing, I'm not going to be playing Fall Guys. I'm going to be playing the EA Sports Rory McIlroy PGA Tour, a relatively new golf game, but not the best one available. I wanted to play, um, I wanted to play 2K21 PGA Tour or whatever. The newest one from the 2K series is like the marquee golf video game that's available right now, but that one would have cost me $60 and then this one for some reason was free. I guess because it's the EA Sports, it's the EA Sports version of the same thing, and EA Sports has been getting murdered in the past decade by the 2K series, so it makes some sense right off the bat that you see that the 2K version of the same thing, it, I, I mean, I guess that's got to be what it is, this is like the newest EA Sports one that anybody's playing for golf, and, um... And, um, this is, and, so 2K has a new one, EA Sports has a new one. It's kind of like a Nike Adidas thing, where it's like EA Sports was more dominant in, like, the year 2005 or whatever, but things have definitely turned around in the last decade. Popularly, 2K as a series is doing a lot better than EA Sports. Let me just mention that. I, I really needed to mention that, get that out of the way. But it really shows, because this is kind of a shitty game. What I wanted to do was play an online tournament. Um, and these broadcasters... Broadcasters need to shut the fuck up. So I'm explaining something. Yeah, I mean, that's the way that it is. The way that the broadcaster just said. Um... Yeah, but there's EA Sports and then there's whatever else. I figured I could play a video game golf while doing a podcast because you can wait between the between the shots to talk about whatever, but um It's hard to get the volume right. As long as I'm talking louder than the people, then it really doesn't matter. I wanted to hear the broadcasters so I could make fun of what they're saying, but that might not be able to work out. Um, especially if they're just going to be distracting. So the golfer that I made in the career mode, his name is Barge Mistletoe. And so... The thing about Barge Mistletoe is that, like, golfing isn't is more than just a game for him. It's like, um, it's kind of like his life. That's the thing about Barge Mistletoe. Like, he's that good. He's my favorite. Um, holy shit. Oh, I almost chipped it in. But anyway, I'm playing, I'm playing a career mode tournament rather than that I'm playing anybody for real because the 
live tournament feature, the online tournament feature, doesn't work on this game. So I'm finding out why it's $60 cheaper than the other one. Even though people rate this one the same as the other one, they're like, this is comparable. But the 2K one seemed like it was a little bit more the standard for this, for golf games people were playing right now. And I knew that, and it's like, but it was 60 more dollars. But I downloaded this one, and it takes like five hours to download a game, and then I find out that I can't play any online tournaments, and that would have been more compelling for like a podcast episode. But you know, it doesn't really matter. A career mode, a career mode um, tournament, while on the surface might not sound that it would be compelling at all. It, this is like a four-day tournament, but they start me off at the thirteenth hole or something. Um, you know, and I'm not really, don't really, I don't really feel like complaining about it or, but for some reason that's what I started off doing was complaining about the game. Um, it's important to complain. That's what's important. Um, so I'm trying to tell you what the stakes are here. The stakes are I'm playing in, uh, the first tournament of my career mode and the first tournament they line it up in this game is the tour championship of the web web.com tour and if i make it in the top 50 i make it to the corn fairy tour the corn fairy tour is kind of like hey dad i made it into the corn fairy tour you know you tell your dad and your dad's like ah i always knew you was a corn fairy doesn't surprise me just confirms what I already knew. Um, just to manufacture a joke for you. Um, but I set it up wrong by delivering it wrong because I'm... No one cares. No one cares about that. No one cares about me considering the way that I screwed up about something. It really doesn't matter what I say. What matters is that I need to win the tour, the web.com tour, for God's sake. When all else fails, as long as I can make it to the top 50 of the web.com tour in the career mode on EA Sports, Rory McIlroy PGA Tour, um, then I'll finally be okay. Then I can finally achieve some level of happiness. Um, this interesting thing has been happening in my life recently where, um, what are you, corn fairy? You know, that, like, you make it onto the corn fairy tour. And is it an accomplishment? Do you make your dad proud, or is it just what your dad always thought that you were? That's, that's what the joke was. Um, I'm sorry that it devolved into me explaining the joke. It's just that I already did, I was already joking about it in the first run through of this that I restarted because the headset was crackly. And now I feel unenthusiastic about re-delivering it the same way because I feel like a fraud. Um, but this phenomenon has been happening in my life where I wake up and, um, ooh, that's gonna make it in the fairway. I wake up and I think that it's it's like funny um, 
that I woke up again. Like, I'm so aware the instant I wake up. Like, I'm too aware just in regular life. Like, I'm thinking about a lot of things. And then, like, it's kind of weird when you wake up and, like, instantly you're back in the same shit that you were in the day before and so many days before that. Like, I've been waking up recently and it's been, like, funny to me when I woke up. Like, oh, yep, back in, back doing this yet again. Or, it's more like, looks like I woke up again. Like, I actually woke up. Um, you know, it's great to actually wake up. Oh, I actually woke up, did it. I actually, actually woke up. I'm the guy that actually woke up. Today and every day. Found my, I found myself. I found myself when I woke up and I thought it was funny. Um, but I am trying to make it into the top 50 of the web.com tour. Hopefully I'll finish this tournament by the time the episode is done. So you can know if I'm progressing in my career. Because this is the most compelling thing I can do for this video game since online tournaments are not available and they're not available to anybody since the game started. They've never, the feature is on the game and it has not, they haven't made any updates to make it so that people can play it since like in the three years since I made this game. This game is shitty. You should listen to the soundtrack. I hope you get to hear a piece of it later. It's like the mu music budget for this video game because you're also getting a video game review right now. It's like the music budget for this video game was um like a hundred dollars or something they got only royalty free music uh that sound like knockoffs of the ex-ambassadors but with no vocals it's just like light music it's like the worst attempt at music in a video game and it just is a it's just it signifies what's been what's happened to ea sports in the last decade where i mean uh, maybe it's something that they like can come back around and be popular again in the future like champion the brand you know champion the brand not champion a champion um but the uh person that i made me as a pro the custom character i made before i d started doing the stream his name is barge mistletoe and it's spelled m-i-s-s-i-l-e-t-o-e -E. um and he's just kind of like the consummate pro. It's really his life. He's He cannot not golf this guy. It, where is Barge Mistletoe? He's on the course. Um, he's practicing his four iron. He's practicing his four iron again. Oh, he might... Maybe he switched to the three that he's practicing that. I'm going to go practice my three iron for a little bit. Just that one. I'm not going to bring any other clubs. Just me and my three. You know what I'm talking about? It's not a euphemism for one penis and two balls. Just me and my three. You know where I'm coming from? You know what I mean when I say those words? Hey, it's just me and my three. Okay, but the web.com tour championship, for whatever reason, is at TPC Sawgrass, which is, of course, with the island green. So that is even more interesting for you to tune for when you tune in if you wanted to tune in whatever and i don't i i, I mean i don't want to sound pushy for a guy that made a podcast or whatever you would call it 
I mean, I guess that's what you'd say, that that's what this is. I mean, but I've got a lot of things to say for today. So if you stick around, um, if you manage to make it through this part where I'm just describing the game I'm playing, um, it's just that, what was I just mentioning? Barge Mistletoe, he just lives to play golf. He has blue hair, um, but other is otherwise a well-dressed, well-meaning professional. He's he's a professional. He swings the three wood. He's he swings the five wood. He's he swings the five wood. He swings the seven wood if he has one. If he has a seven wood, he swings it. He's a pro. Barge Mistletoe. He gave up giving fucks years ago. That's how you know. Barge Mistletoe gave up giving fucks years ago. That's how you know he's Barge Missile. Grow. Barge Missile. But anyway, um, it's not... That's not necessarily part of it. That's not necessarily part of why I'm broadcasting for you today. That's not necessarily the reason. It's not necessarily like a more a, an influential reason. Whoa, this one's gonna be real fucking good. Oh, I am looking at that top fifty right now. But anyway, so it's a four round tournament. But they it appears that they just start me off on the like fourteenth hole for every round. So I'm only gonna be playing like a few holes. He is just trying to take care of business and working overtime here. That's all. I hope you can hear the broadcasters that are in the, built into the video game, so that I can make fun of them. But I can't tell if you can, if you can or not because there's like the volume on my headset, but then there's the volume that you custom set for the Twitch stream. But then there's also volume going on my TV that's different from all of that. So it's hard for me to get all that right and. Um, if you push past, like, maybe the first 15 minutes of the most previous episode, the volume gets a little better. I think I turned the volume down to my TV, because uh, right away and maybe through most of the episode on the audio recording, the TV is kind of loud, and I apologize. But if you watch the YouTube video, it's a, it's a little quieter. The sound is better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen on the audio or watch it, whatever. But this is a Twitch stream and podcast episode. The number one Twitch stream and podcast in the entire nation is what you're listening to or potentially watching um, here today. Is it an event? No. Is it a pretend event? Yes. This is a pretend event that I have put on. You get to see me hit the green in regulation on the world famous Island Green 17th at TBC Sawgrass. Yeah, it's the island famous green at the TBC whatever that nobody asked for and nobody cared about until uh, it was, until somebody made it. Until Pete Dye designed it. Until somebody designed this hole. Nobody asked for it and nobody knew. And then we're like... I mean, it really begs the question, why is there only one island green? Are people afraid of looking like plagiarists by making another one answer me i don't like only one i mean there's other ones in the world that there that are varying degrees of an island wow i almost putted that one into the water 
But, um, I mean, I'm going to take a trip to Houston this this upcoming week, and I'm going to be gone for a week. I'm going to go to Houston and Austin, and I'm going to do stand-up in that city because I, you can just fly into any city wherever you want and just do stand-up in that city, kind of clown on the city, like, hey, I'm here too, even though I'm not from there. Um, just dance all over them, you know, ball out on the ass um, as best I can. Um, in their city where I'm not from their city, but then I go to their city and then I'm just kind of like, um, whatever it is all over what, where they have, where they are, what they've got going on. I'm going to bring what I've got going on to their city. And then, um, it'll be a mixing and matching of different goings on between me and other people, different styles, uh, because you have the comedy stylings of a city like Houston and then the culture of comedians that do the comedy in the city and like that. And then you have a different me representing a different city, but, um, lots of words, um, lots, lots of words. So I went into a subway and the guy behind the counter at the subway was like, Hey, I'm your friend or something like he was, just kind of talking out of his ass about things like he was offering knowledge that was specific to him the guy who was working at subway and there are a couple people in front of me in line and um he was talking to them and telling his tales about just like information he knew like i found out a number of things about this guy just in the time i was in the subway he told me that he used to be like some research biologist some fancy scientist or something which like he mentioned that he was one and so that immediately causes anybody with an earshot to ask the question like why are you now working at a subway and i didn't ask him that he volunteered because he knew that that would be the next question on anybody's lips he was like now that i'm in retirement um, so he's some retired research botanist or some shit. Real highfalutin guy, like he talking down to everybody. He must be rich. I'm just kidding. Uh, because, no, he wasn't highfalutin or anything. I'm just pretending to be somebody who reads too much classism into a situation. But only momentarily and not, and I didn't, pull it off long enough that you would be able to consider that it was even a joke. Um, just to explain that to you, too many ums as pause breaks. I said to myself, way too many, um dude, way too many ums in your podcast, man. I mean, like, uh, you are aspiring to the highest standard of podcast to begin with. And that's why it was so shocking that, that there was an over, abundance of ums uh, signifying that you weren't performing to the standard that you were aspiring to and so we were all very disappointed in listening said somebody said a possible um, fan or critic or something of the show but I walked into the subway and that guy that's there he's like volunteering information and it just makes me th it makes me wonder in retrospect like is that even allowed anymore because most 
basically nobody is doing that where they're just saying, oh, this is my knowledge because he started talking to me. Once I once he started making my sub, the conversation turned to lard, he, the topic of lard, and he was telling me all of the juiciest uh, facts, all the juiciest gossip on lard that he knew that, like, he... I mean, he went to the ends of the earth to track down this information or whatever it was because he has the knowledge of it that I don't have and he's schooling me about lard. And it makes me wonder, because I basically don't see this happen anywhere where you walk into some place and the person is like, like people aren't even that friendly anymore, but the stereotype is that they were a lot friendlier, like, 30 years ago or 40 years ago. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, did it just makes me wonder, like, did we always look down on this person who's just volunteering their information um, when it's, like, mostly from him and the rest of us are just here to deal with it? Or was there a time, like, 30 years ago where, um, whatever the broadcasters are saying, it doesn't matter. Just don't listen to them. Those are the voices in my head, the broadcasters, their alternative. Um, but uh, Barge Mistletoe, he's one of my alter egos. This is, uh, I mean, not actually, but just as a joke. That's how you should see it. This is me as a pro golfer. When my Barge Mistletoe comes out, I start playing professional golf. That's, that's what that means. That's what it represents. Don't make me put on airs of barge mistletoe, I said to the masses. I said to people of all ages, of all sizes, creeds, sexes, and tongues. People of all different kinds of tongues. Swollen, uh, minuscule, snake-like, uh, Simmons, the guy from Kiss. That kind of tongue. Long tongue. People of, I mean, long tongue... Long tongue, that's not, not an issue. Don't forget the plight of the long tongued. They haven't lived an easy life. They probably lived a harder one than you. Why don't you live why don't you live a week with a long tongue? Tell me how easy it is after that's done. Walk a mile in their tongue. Walk a mile in their tongue and tell me what's going on. Afterward. Tell you what, you ain't seen nothing until you done it with a longer tongue than the one you got right now boy you better boy you best try you ain't seen nothing like uncle ed seen boy you ain't lived as hard a life as my uncle ed he drowned when he was four it sucked for him he didn't live an easy life. I know that he was my uncle, but it's just one of those things where it works out that way. Some Like, you know how you can have an uncle that's three years old? But it was just, take my word for it, one of those situations where it was like I had a really older sibling. Take my word for it. Uncle Ed lived a hard-ass life. You ain't shit till you drowned either. Not till you drowned can you make something of your life, boy. You're a damn corn fairy. I always knew you would be. You told me you made the corn fairy too, or I was like, only confirmed what I already knew. Boy, you got the stench of corn fairy on you since day one. The corn fairy is the name of the tour. It's a real tour. It's a golf tour. It's like the one before the PGA tour that if you graduate the corn fairy, 
if you like stop being a corn fairy, then you're a real golfer. Um, I guess that's just not just how it works by title in real life, but just what it represents is also true. You're really nothing, ain't nothing but a corn fairy until you get off of the tour and make it to the, where the big boys play, where the big boys hit their two irons and, and then put the ball uh, 10 feet away on a left to right break. That's when you're a pro. Um, don't make me be mar barge mistletoe because I'll start making birdies. Um, anyway to you, anyway to you, anyway to you, person who's listening or somebody who's not listening, you have made it to one of the darker corners of the internet, the corner that on which my podcast that sometimes gets six YouTube views on the, on the view. Okay. But also news and notes for the podcast. I switched hosting I used to have it hosted on SoundCloud. Now it's being hosted on Anchor. In case you've tuned into SoundCloud, you might have noticed that my views dropped dramatically. That's because they aren't counted on SoundCloud anymore. Now they're counted on Anchor. Anchor has a higher standard for what a view is than SoundCloud. So I've gotten less views since I switched to Anchor per episode. But it is better now because Anchor allows me the opportunity to make money a lot easier and so i threw in an ad since it gave me that option on the episode number 97 titled asexuality which is the first ad that i put in and i didn't listen to the episode to hear what that means that i threw in an ad so if the ad is really offensive to you i'm just trying to make money just so you know but i'm stepping my whole self into the waters into the pool of uh attempting to make money so that I make a podcast called Currency and that I am no longer a fraud for calling it Currency and saying I have authority over money but not making any money over it. But I might have actually made a dollar, I just haven't checked it recently. So I'm stop making it so that I'm under the gun. Person that I'm imagining is making it that way. Person that I'm pretending is putting pressure on me. You have to put a lot of pretend pressure on yourself in a situation of where there isn't pressure, you know, if you do want to accomplish something. Um, like if you, you don't want, I mean, if you have an easy life. But let me talk, finish this subway story. Um, this guy was talking about lard and that when, it, when I got up there. And he's just volunteering this information. And what it made me think about was like, is this even allowed in society anymore? Or like... Um, or is this, like, is this guy speaking out of turn with what is cultural, which it's like, I feel like it's cultural now to really just shut up about whatever your knowledge is. And that's why I make this podcast is because I don't want to, I don't want to bring up any of my news and my theories in conversation with people or in real life. So it all goes in here and ends up in the darker corners of the internet for people who make videos and podcasts where they don't get very many views, but because I am trampled and suffocated underfoot by all the people who were already famous, um, because that's who YouTube rewards. And I mean, whatever NBC has, has it in good with, with the YouTube algorithm that they're going to be able to get Jimmy Fallon 
3 million views on every one of his videos. It's even worse, worse with Stephen Colbert. If you're an establishment persona, you're going to be good. It's just that the famous are already rewarded for being more famous. How do you make it into the game? That's the question, isn't it? That's always the question. But that's why you make a hero out of the people that did make it. And uh, it's just like exponential gain for the people that are already rich. That's always the case. The rich get richer. That's uh, that's like how it works. You're rewarded for... But... Um, I'll try to finish this story about the subway. I'll try to stay. I'll try to not be ADD. Um, I will try to not be ADD, 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 which I have. I do have ADD, 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 ADD. You know, I mean, ADD, that's tough to live with, but it's not that tough when you think about that there's so many women that have two DDs, you know that, and that's a joke, that's a joke for like a, um, that's a line, like that's a punchline, I only got one, you know, I only got one DD, there, it's not that hard when I consider the perspective of so many women have to live with two DDs, I only have a DD, that's, I'm talking about, um, double Ds, in case you didn't figure that out yet, if you didn't, you're fucking dumb. Alright? Not not to jump the gun on that assessment, but if you didn't figure out that that was the joke at this point, you might be fucking dumb. And you need to take some time to consider how dumb you are and how far this has gotten. Um, maybe this is a wake-up call for you. Maybe I'm the first person to call you dumb that you've taken seriously. You need to f chase that feeling. You need to figure it out. How dumb am I? Because, like, uh, I mean, not actually I'm being facetious, but I think there is an overabundance of people congratulating each other on being smart in this country. When in reality, you're smart some days, and then you're dumb other days. It go, it's in and out. It's relative. There aren't people, it's not like the person that's smart is smart all the time. But, like, we have this... Uh, we have a weird relationship to smart, probably too much an idealistic one, where we think if somebody's smart, they are way smart. Like, it's kind of a stigma, where we separate the smart people among us. We're like, they're smart, and I'm dumb. I'm not near them. When in reality, you're probably relatively near them. And also, it's difficult to classify intelligence, since there's so many different versions of it. Intelligence comes in so many different shapes and sizes. There's definitely stupid. There's definitely people who access almost none of those different versions of intelligence. There are definitely the dumb. And um, so you don't need to say that everybody is smart. Like, that's not what I... I, d I don't mean that, well, everybody's intelligent. You just need to give them time. And um, in some senses, that's true. It's just for some people, the amount of time you'd need to sacrifice. Like, no child left behind... No, that should not never be the policy because people are a different rate of learning and of intelligence. I, I'd say that you could ultimately summarize it as that to uh, rank people by intelligence is that intelligence is a rate at which you are able to pick, pick things up and decipher patterns that you see in whatever so many different areas across the entire world. 
and some people their rate of learning is so slow that it's not worth devoting the resources and they just fall into the dumb category but it's not that bad to be dumb um but it's kind of like there this relationship that we have to genius is an antiquated one where like because we have a disconnected relationship to smart in the world like we put the smart people on a pedestal when we think that we aren't especially and universities influence culture to say that that's the case that the smart are so much smarter than you that's like it's some of that is dictated to our entire country by universities academia what the whatever power the amount of power that universities have for being a stronghold a collection of professors a bunch of people that have spent a shit ton of time just in the area of learning so that they can say that they are smarter than you um there's power that comes with that and influence and so the universities don't just influence students that go to them they influence the entire culture and um i'm just saying that there's a relationship that we have to genius sorry i need to finish the story about subway and um man the like coming up with material for stand-up is gay it's just like coming up with that it feels dumb like coming up with a joke that has a punchline and it has influenced me to sometimes when i'm on here tell a joke like it's a like it's material i came up with because that joke about double d's is something i thought of before and um like as if like i was thinking of it for this is material i could say on stage but then i completely forgot about it until this moment and then i'm like i'm gonna deliver it like it's a joke like delivering things like it's a joke is so unnatural it's just kind of depressing that you do actually have to say punchlines to get people to laugh at you get them on board like well-crafted jokes are yucky i don't want to be part of a well-crafted joke not now not in any of my past lives save me i'm lost save me from that save me from making a well-crafted joke lord But, like, I wake up and I'm like, well, that's, it's almost just comical at this point. Like, I, yet again, I woke up to do yet another of these days where I'm just thinking about shit the entire day. My mind is whirling around while, while I confine myself to basically the same location, Northwood's apartments, day a day. I mean, I go out into the city, but it's like I come back here. And, like, if you were just looking at the dot that represents me moving around within the city, it would just, and, like, you did a time lapse, so it was sped up. The dot would keep coming back to my apartments where I live and just be, like, mostly going to places that are near my apartment. So it's, like, I'm just always at the apartments. Like, I'm, I'm stuck here. Like, if you had a time lapse of what's been happening in my life over the last two years, and then there was a dot that represented all the places I went that you were looking at from overhead of the city, um, you, would th you would say that I'm trapped in a 
time warp or something. Like the I'm trapped in these apartments. Like I'm stuck in this holding pattern where I can't. It always just ends up going back to where I was, and so that's depressing to think about. Um, but the guy at Subway was like, "I'll finish the story this time. I'll I'll I'll, be, I'll stay focused on it." But you know for sure I will finish it before the hour is out. So just give me time. Um, just please, please, if you would give me some time. So. He got to me and he's talking about lard and his knowledge about lard. And what I was thinking was like afterward, like, is this even allowed? Because I, I feel like the entire society has figured out that people are just talking out of their ass when they bring up knowledge that's just specific to them. Because it's one of these situations where everybody in the room who's listening to this guy talking is like in a position where we're like, yeah, well, we don't know if that's true because you're the reason you're saying it is because it's something that you particularly know. Like, has society decided that whenever somebody's bringing up something that's specific to them in conversation, that that's just bullshit? Uh, is what I'm wondering. Have people realized that everybody's just lying all the time and the stories they bring up are exaggerated and mostly bullshit and when somebody says that they did something, they didn't actually do it? Like, when everybody, everybody talking to each other, they're just making bullshit up all the time. And I feel like the world has sort of realized this in the last five years to the point that we're like, okay, don't even talk unless you like really are worthy of it. Or was it always like this? Because in some regards, we've always treated this guy at Subway the same way where we're like ignoring him. But things probably used, I bet that things were friendlier where we gave everybody the benefit of the doubt or acted like more communal like what they were saying had some bearing on our life. I think that people used to respect people and give them the time of day more so, so that in a time gone by, we would have listened to this guy talking at Subway and been like, oh, wow, I wonder what that means for me. Like, But this guy seems to be carrying on, and he's mentioning it too. Like, well, there is your, he's saying throughout the interaction, like, well, there is your worthless information. And he's like, well, I hope I'm not bothering you with that. Because he wants it to still be the time where people are going to hear him talk out of his ass and not be disrespectful. But that time is gone. And, um, like, he is talking to me about lard. That, like, he was saying that they make the cookies. Now, if you notice, so this is day two of the tournament. So uh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to finish this whole tournament before the episode is over. So the mystery of whether or not I make it onto the Corn Fairy Tour may not be solved just yet for you, the viewer. But maybe the next episode I do will be the startling conclusion to the... Um... Ooh, I really drove that ball. They gave me a special graphic for hitting it really hard. Um... You'll figure out the conclusion of if I make it in the Cornberry Tour maybe next episode because I don't think I'll be able to finish four rounds in this one because I'm going really slow because I'm taking long pause breaks to talk. But the um, he was talking about how they make the cookies out of lard at Subway. Or at least that's maybe what he said because he kept saying so many different statements. I actually don't remember any one thing, certainly, that he said because he kept saying things that were different. He's like, they make these out of lard, but at, at Subway, they make the dough out of, 
not lard. Or I don't know if he said that they used to make the cookies out of lard. But then he started saying, like, well, you know, when they make whatever in Mexico, maybe, they make the tortillas out of lard or whatever. But he was just going into this. It's like um, the point that I sort of want to make, among others, about what this interaction with this guy is that it's like anytime somebody is just offering their own knowledge, we call that a conspiracy. Like this guy is just talking out of his ass, but it's like we are we call everything a conspiracy that he is basically a conspiracy theorist just for saying some dumb shit. Like that's what makes you a conspiracy theorist. The bar is that low. It's like that easy to be one. It's like he's talking about conspiracies about lard just because the information is sort of speculative or he's just kind of saying like well it used to be like this because what he's saying doesn't apply to everybody everywhere he's like they made lard they made tortillas out of lard but it's like not everybody did everywhere and so because of that he's kind of a conspiracy theorist just because he's talking out of your ass like that's what makes you one now it's just if you're trying to say something that you know that other people don't. But, and I'll say something else about conspiracies in a minute, but, um, and I really will. I really, I really will do that because I, because I have the power of not just myself, but also my alter ego barge mistletoe on my side. And that's kind of like, resorbing a fetus in the womb i so to speak um if you want to if you want to describe it that way not that that happened to me in real life but it but the digital persona like i mean it's nice to be able to get it all out there like process the fetus that i could have absorbed and then represent that in the form of a digital golfer persona that i created um it's great that he gets to take the weight of that take the burden of those feelings he's my he's my goat you know he's my rock <laughs> arch mistletoe's my rock i cast all of my cares onto him he's jesus to me because when he fails it's then when he fails i fail like if you could uh make it so that your worth was actually your worth was projected onto this guy golfing in a career mode video game so it's like easier for you to control your level of success people do that with video games they're like s people trick themselves into thinking that they're like they can tr they can channel all of their feelings of success somehow into like a golfer that they created in a career mode against robots and then they win that like, people do that to varying degrees, depending on how addicted they get in video games. But the guy at Subway was, like, he was just saying different things about it. And then he's, like, by the end of the transaction, he was, like, so your grandma, when she makes biscuits, um, she m makes them out of lard. Because he's telling me, like, the history of lard. Or, like, that, well, we actually use it all the time. And I was like, I'm not a lard aficionado, which I was explaining to this guy because I, because 
he ended up explaining the difference between lard and butter to me because he's like, they don't use lard for this. They use butter. And I was like, oh, that's like almost the same thing. And he's like, that is the same thing because, and then I realized in that moment, I actually don't know enough about butter that I would be able to refute this guy because it's not the same thing because one of them is butter and one of them is lard. But like, I guess I know what he means, but he's just a conspiracy theorist because he's making, he's making distinctions like this, like whatever. I mean, the same thing as I do in this podcast, but I put it aside for people to access if they want to or not. I don't just throw it in your face. So that's why I'm a good person. Um, or a shitty person. I don't really know. But he was like, your grandma makes, that's why your grandma makes biscuits out of lard. So it's like now my, now he's bringing my grandma into this. Like he's been in my grandma's kitchen now. Like it's one thing to act like you know about the history of lard. Now, now he's like been to my grandma's kitchen and knows what she makes biscuits out of. Like you're like he's assuming that she's not like because she made it past a certain threshold in age everybody in their 80s like he's assuming my grandma's in her 80s or 90s and everybody past this age made all their shit out of lard like you have no idea what my grandma did and when he said that i was like my grandma i was like oh my oh my my grandma made that biscuits out of lard because I knew that it was completely ridiculous at that point because it's like he's trying to weasel his way into my life in some regard you with what he's talking about. And so there's a reason why society has moved past listening to people that just volunteer information. It's because it usually turns out to be creepy in some way or, or another. But like 30 years ago, I think that people were tone deaf to any amount of creepiness that would have come along with him saying something like that. I mean, maybe I'm just talking about myself. Maybe I would have been tone deaf. Not that it is really that creepy at all for him to just, like, in passing, make a statement like that. It's not like he's really trying to be part of my life. But it's just that people like to... People are like animals, and they're gross like that, where they want to rub their scent on each other. Like, and they can't control it. It's just like a biological thing that's gross about humans since they're all like dogs. And so you you have to watch out for things like that. Like the words that people say do mean something. Like I feel like people are more hypersensitive about uh, people's words now is what I'm talking about. So that if it comes up that you even mention in words like, well, your grandma, like, like he's involving himself like he knows my grandma. Like, he's telling me that I should listen... He's making a case like, oh, you should listen to me because I know things about your grandma that even you don't know. And so there's this point at which it just be it becomes creepy often with somebody who's volunteering information. Because, like, what do they want out of it if we're just, like, we don't know each other up front? And it's like, I'm never going to see this guy again, and he's not trying to uh, be controlling to me, like for any extended period of time, like into the future, he doesn't have a plan is what I'm saying. But it's like people do, 
people just make minor attempts at like hypnosis like this where hypnosis is kind of a drastic word to describe what i'm describing but it's like the trying to convince people that you have some authority and then you like believe them like if i wasn't paying attention to that subconsciously i could start thinking in my mind like after the interaction like oh that guy did have something to say because he knows things about people i know like if i wasn't thinking about it right up front it could have been a partial hypnosis of sorts where that guy is like being a hypnotist i and what i'm saying is that hypnosis is not necessarily a drastic thing it just kind of happens partially all over the place where people are temporarily being hypnotized by each other for different things they say and it's really like every if you're more of a narcissist especially um you're probably more like unintentionally making ploys at like people are trying to argue that they are to be listened to over each other and so, like, that just happens. But, um, hypnosis is just a kind of scary idea, if you think about it. Because everybody is, in varying degrees, hypnotized by different things. Like, we're sort of hypnotized just by, uh, politicians in the political world, where they are saying they have all this authority, but, like, in recent years we realize that they can't actually change shit because they're all just a bunch of talkers in empty suits. And so, like, the power of their hypnosis sort of wears off. But if you want to describe it that way. So as it turns out, that guy is just being gross. But, like, I feel like society is better at holding people to... Well, you can't just say these, like, phrases and wives' tales and, like, idioms in passing. I don't know, or maybe I'm just talking about myself. But I'm talking about the culture is more hypersensitive. And, like, they're, we're in a state of things where we're taking words literally, more literally than at other times it would feel it feels that way but um let me at least finish this round so i can get into the weekend i wonder if there's a cut i have to make yeah drilled it Drilled that shot. I think I'm one over. I'm one over through uh, the first round, but I am number 30, so I'm on track to make it to the CFT, the Corn Ferry, the old Corn Ferry Terror. Playing at the world famous TBC Sawgrass. Um. But the thing about conspiracy theory is that it's so, like, easy to apply it to somebody at this point. It's just like, it's just like breathing. Conspiracy, breathing together, with together breathing. Uh, that's what it means, like, literally translated. It's, that's one of the, that's a word that lots of people like to bring up that that's the origin. 
like you hear that in a number of places because the word is so popular a lot of people actually know the origin means breathing together conspiracy is just a group really it's a group but it's a special kind of group that it has a heightened sense of loyalty because they're going to the lengths of breathing together which is a deeper connection than just a average group something you signed up for if you're breathing together it gets more serious like it's that deep and so the group within themselves have a greater loyalty than other groups and so you it's more worrisome for the outside world uh conspiracy group it's just that like you can't call a conspiracy group just a conspiracy because that the word doesn't work work like that it's like you couldn't call an improv group an improv is a similar thing you'd have to add the word group but like conspiracy we don't say a conspiracy group we say we come up with other terms to try to figure it out when a conspiracy is of people is always a group of people it's just like um the thing is that the thing about conspiracies is and i'm really gonna blow your mind with this one um and i kid but i mean here's the thing is that well there's like conspiracy theorists really somebody should make conspiracy theory which is like the theory of evolution where what is the theory of conspiracy what is what is the conspiracy theory that's what i want to know not that there would ever be one but it would appear that a main um, focus of conspiracies let me just whack this shot right here without thinking too much about it it would appear that uh, main focus of conspiracies is to go after conspiracy theorists for uh, saying like oh there's aliens and like a conspiracy theorist is saying oh there's aliens they believe in aliens then the outside world is like you're a conspiracy theorist but really the main conspiracy is the one created by the outside world calling conspiracy theorists that by putting all of them in that group or really in that conspiracy since they're defined that way like the greatest conspiracy is the one that is the one put on by all of the people who are afraid of conspiracy theorists for theorizing about conspiracies because really because like that's the group that we put them all in that's the way that we're able to define all of them is why the word comes up so much it's like before people were using the word conspiracy so much we didn't have a word to put all of the people who believe in different things like bigfoot and aliens and the government is doing this so many different levels of them like it's such a broad term because there's so many different conspiracies that people have so many different levels it's basically like if you were an enthusiast music enthusiast if you listen to a lot of music and then you consume a lot of it to see all the different levels of like popularity of music there's that many levels of conspiracies like it goes deeper and deeper and deeper than you would have ever thought 
Um, obviously. For, for certain people believe different levels of it, whatever. But now conspiracy allows us to put all of those people under one term. But, like, the real conspiracy that people are afraid of are, are conspiracy theorists. Because, um... Like, that's, that's the conspiracy. That's the greatest one. Is the one of all the people who are worried about what conspiracy theorists are doing. Because, and I'm saying that's true, is because nobody has any reason to give a fuck about what somebody believes in. It's just that people are afraid of them because they're alternative belief system rather belief systems. Like, believing that aliens do this particular thing. Or believing that aliens already know that we're here they own the earth like it's a property of theirs different ways of viewing our relationship to aliens different conspiracies about them um people are worried about all these alternative beliefs that people have more individually more independently because they're m more uncontrollable and they're not under one giant corporate blanket of any kind like it's not like Islam or Judaism because it's not this giant corporatized religion and people are more worried about that because they're less certain about what's going on and so then the people outside of conspiracy who don't deal in that very often are like worried about these people going off and believing like oh what are they going to do is it that going to cause them to do some extremist thing when the corporate religions we see plenty of examples of them doing extreme things um but, like, that's, that's an attempt by the rest of the world to rationalize this behavior or make it one generalized thing where we don't have to worry about particular versions of conspiracies. We put all of the conspiracy theorists under your conspiracy theorists, and so this extends to lots of different people. But it's really just a... This is, this is conspiracy theory. Theory about it, the entire thing. That I'm giving to you. Conspiracy theory states that, according to me, as I'm bringing it up or and in some ways creating it, I created the conspiracy theory, or conspiracy theory itself. I created it. I'm creating it right now. But it's pretty simple what I'm saying. Conspiracy theory states that the main the the main conspiracy is put on by people calling conspiracy theorists conspiracy theorists because they're afraid of they're the ones who are afraid of conspiracy and but it's a a conspiracy is something you're afraid of you point it out because you're worried about these people that are breathing together when it's like conspiracy theorists they're also all worried about conspiracies but i guess that's like a level deeper but it's kind of just like the most general way of defining it it's like the most obvious way of describing what the conspiracy is, is just all of the people that are conspiracy theorists are in one giant group, as long as we're describing them that way. Um, and it's a big conspiracy, especially for the people who are afraid of it, because if they weren't afraid of it, they wouldn't be bringing it up so much. Or m making it this derogatory thing, like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist trying to create a stigma about them or act like they're doing something negative or untoward the conspiracy theorists when like theorizing about shit is just natural reaction 
and probably a good one to have in the world that we live in, since the world we live in doesn't provide you very many answers um, for shit. It, I feel like you're in a healthier state of things if you're asking questions and theorizing about what are the reasons why the world we live in is so fucked up and why the system could improve but it never does or whatever. You, it, you're in a healthier state of things if you're asking questions about that. And it's more ridiculous to be scared of people theorizing. It's like being afraid of people who are thinking on their own, using their brain. And that's the real conspiracy, is the one that poses itself to people who are afraid of it because they're... Like, if you are afraid of it, that that's not good. Because it's, it's here, folks. You have to find the part of yourself that is conspiracy at this point. Because it's so prevalent. Or it's like, we understand that this manifests itself, conspiracy manifests itself in so many different ways. That you're living in a fantasy world if you're saying you're not touched by it at all. I mean, like, not infringed on by it not uh, molested by it. That's what I mean. You're lying if you're saying you weren't molested by conspiracy theory. But I'm saying, at this point, you have to find the conspiracy theory that lives within yourself, because we all have it. Otherwise, you're stuck on the outside. Uh, otherwise, you're just somebody who will be afraid of uh, uh, this major conspiracy your entire life, where you're afraid of the major conspiracy of these people that are conspiracy theorists. It's like uh, it's like initiation into a group. Everybody has to do it or something. Like everybody has to make it through to the other side. Otherwise, it'll it'll define you. Um, don't let conspiracy theory define you. And in that sense, in some backwards way, I'm describing that you'll be defined by conspiracy theory if you don't accept that. It is happening no matter what. Um, don't deny it. You gotta just let it in. You gotta let it happen. That's what I'm saying. It works that way with so many things in life that it's like a thing in the world or an idea that becomes so popular that it gets to a point where you're like, well, I, I mean, there's nothing I can do. It's, it's everywhere. I'm part of it now. Like, there's lots of shit in the world that it's like it has made its way to everybody in at least in some way i'd say that jesus is like that like somebody that reaches a astronomical level of fame wow that was a quick hour of my life i didn't imagine that i would only talk about like a couple things and then an entire hour would be done but um oh look i made it to even par I wonder what I'll title this episode. Anyway, um, let me think if there's something else I wanted to say. I was going to say that... Well, I was talking about genius. Our relationship to genius. Let me say... Let me mention what that was. What I was trying to say with that. Like, I was going to say that our relationship to genius is one where we stigmatize... It's just, like, antiquated for us to act like genius is 
so far off in the distance because in some senses everyone is a genius and we've sort of already processed that in the world by overusing it or like describing Taylor Swift as a genius. Um, I mean, it's still like not, no, we wouldn't call everybody a genius at this point. But in some senses, everybody is a little bit of a genius or everybody's a little bit of a savant or like a little bit autistic because everybody's just starting to say that they're autistic. It's that thing I was describing before. It's like autism has become such a big idea that everybody's just starting to see it in themselves. Uh, like, but if you say, you mentioned that this, this way of living, I guess you can't call it a disorder this thing autism you say specifically that it shows itself on a spectrum you're already trapping the entire world to call themselves autistic because a spectrum is like well i guess i'm a little bit autistic it's just that a lot of people are now in a position where we're like oh i guess i'm a little autistic like it's just kind of become more of a joke as the as it's become more prevalent of an idea like it becomes watered down the more that people use and reuse the term for their own purposes it dilutes the sanctity of like the original instances of it which used to be um holier or something because they weren't uh, there weren't a thousand derivatives of it created and i'm talking about the more people use the word autistic or describe it apply it to themselves or their own situation is the more that it just gets watered down like too many too many interpretations um but i'm saying that like we we call einstein a genius this is why i'm saying it's antiquated it's because as far as genius in cons is concerned it's almost like it lives in a time gone by like 60 years ago when einstein was still alive because as far as genius is concerned, who's going to do better than him or like the Thomas Edison's of the world? They, they are geniuses. I think that it's a time better suited. It's like a word better suited for the forties or something because Elon Musk, I bet Elon Musk is more of a genius than, um, Einstein. Einstein's contributions were all theoretical. And so that, really in today's terms kind of just makes him a conspiracy theorist like if einstein was saying all the shit he was saying today it would never fly no one would give him any credibility because we would just be like oh you're talking out of your ass and when you look back at it einstein's contributions are mostly just theoretical they're assessments he made of when he looked under a microscope at some shit and he made some theories he's just a theorist Elon Musk makes all of these actual contributions. He's he's way more of a genius than Einstein. Einstein actually kind of sucks in comparison to Elon Musk because Einstein is just a narcissist talking out of his ass, theorizing that this is the way you need to see science when anybody could see science whatever way. It's just that Einstein came around at the right moment in time where people were open to open to uh thinking that somebody's theory could is like just as real as an invention or something like back when einstein was popular you could do shit like that 
your contributions could be completely theoretical and we would say that you were the greatest even if you didn't create anything at this point in history we need you to make something or else we don't know shit about what you're saying and so things are a lot different and that's a change for the better but um it's really like nobody is a genius because einstein is the is the genius as far as i can tell or it's like you could call Elon Musk a genius now, but it doesn't mean anything because everyone's just, because like the, it's open to the public, the public is commenting on him and calling him shit alongside the people that are calling him great. And it's like up for debate that he's a genius all the time, even if he's already contributed so much. Like genius as an idea is dead, I'm saying. Um, and so it's just, I, I'm making a point about the world's relationship to idealism, especially in the area of intelligence, where it's like, we don't call everybody a genius, but we're calling more and more people that. And it's really like, it's not that everybody is a genius, it's that nobody is a genius because everybody is stupid. And Einstein, I bet you anything, was also an idiot and probably was stupid like 20% of the days of his life. Like, you fall in and out of stupid. He wasn't a genius 100% of the time. It's just like after this fact, we're asked to view him like he's a god or a perfect ideal figure. And so then it makes you think that he was smart all the time and that the smart, pe smart people are always smart kind of thing. This way of thinking about the smart or the intelligent isn't healthy, I would say, because they are it's not like they're God. Smart people are, I, I would say, everybody, even the smartest, fade into stupid, have stupid days and stupid thoughts, and are just like the rest of us. Nobody is a genius, and it's ridiculous to um, try to impose that standard in any regard. It's kind of silly, and it just speaks to a, what I think should be a time gone by where like we need to put away where we say the smart people are so much different and that we are we are breaking down those walls and i i broke them down too me too i helped because i'm a good person i assisted whatever good thing that i'm describing i was part of it and um it's because of the positivity that not that the world is bringing necessarily but if you would just focus on when i bring it when i'm positive that's what I'm talking about mostly. Um, and then self-deprecating too. Because um, because um, speaking words on top of words to make sure I'm good about whatever because I'm good, right? And make sure you see it that way or whatever. Um, thank you for listening. This has been the 90th episode of the Currency Podcast. Do whatever you want. Subscribe or whatever the fuck. Bye.